Chapter 56 Ilse flinched when someone whispered her name. She heard it again and this time whirled around to meet a pair of cloudy gray-blue eyes and silvery-blue curls. She reached out to hug Princess Dury and felt much better when her figure wasn't frozen cold like Wren's. Where have you been? The young princess whispered nervously. I heard from Ladala that you didn't make it to safety back in her territory. I've been all over, Ilse sighed deeply. We were ambushed. She left. I was taken on a ship, escaped, got recaptured. Then a freaky woman captured me to kill me. I escaped, got ambushed by Ilderums, escaped, and now I'm here. Ilse said quickly. Dury's eyes widened. You've been gone for almost a year, and yet here you are in my kingdom. Dury said. Things have gotten worse here. You really should leave as soon as possible. Go anywhere. All that has taken permanent residence in our castle. What about you? Isn't this in a strange place for a princess? Not when I need to get out of the castle. Ever since you broke out of jail, I've been watched constantly. Someone must have suspected me or something. I blink and someone knows about it. Seth isn't himself any more. He's sick all the time and he's bossing me around more than he's used to. Dury said, motioning to her ornate rug on the wall. I use this passageway to break free every once in a while. Or I hope to hear what's actually going on outside. Ilse parted her lips to speak more when she heard a table turn over, glass shattering, cursing. The princess chewed on her lip nervously, looking around her. His soldiers are looking for me! Go! Ilse said, motioning to the secret passageway. Dury picked up her skirts while Ilse held the rug back to open the secret doorway. Dury soon disappeared and Ilse was alone. A dozen Yildirims or so broke down the door to the room where Ilse was in and she flinched as wood chips flew everywhere. They formed a semicircle around her, blocking the exit and drew their swords, their faces impassive. Rubens elbowed his way through, his handless arm bandaged up tightly. Consider your options, woman, because you have none, Rubens said, frowning. He motioned for her to leave the cramped room and out in the open. She held up her hands, but only to comply rather than threaten. Behind the rug, Ilse heard a reverberating, shrilly scream. She moaned. She wasn't nearly surprised to find that Dury was caught and a Yildirim pushed her back through to the tiny room to join Ilse. She scowled. With one word, Rubens threatened, you either come with us or watch as the soldier spills her blood. Your choice, of course. Ilse stood motionless. You wouldn't dare murder the king's sister. Rubens blinked at this, but stood his ground. Ilse looked at Dury, who trembled bravely at her side. A soldier held an arm around her and pointed the tip of his sword at her throat. You will regret this act of treason, Dury breathed. My brother may be dull in the head, but this is not your land to rule. Before anyone could react, another batch of soldiers burst in. That woman is under arrest by order of our Lord Althard, the lead soldier shouted importantly. He approached with iron shackles and they clanked in his hands. State your rank, man, Rubens turned coldly. The soldier was ready to grab Ilse and clap the shackles around her wrists, but Rubens stood in his way. As your commanding general, I will not ask you again. I come at Althard's bidding, General Rubens. The soldier responded, unshaken. She is to come with me to negotiate the exchange of her life to set her ice chanter friend free, if she comes quietly and obediently. At that, Ilse wanted to vomit. I'll go, she croaked, 
holding her arms up and close to each other. But you must allow the princess to walk unaccompanied to her chambers, unharmed. I knew that if the lad wouldn't work, your compassion and guilt for others would turn you in, Rubens muttered. He grabbed the shackles from the soldier and clapped them on Ilse's wrists himself, stump and all. He motioned with his remaining hand towards her, and the twelve Yildirims surrounded Ilse. Go where it's safe, princess, Ilse said, gesturing to the tapestry with her head. Rubens shoved her by the shoulder towards the open door, and she stumbled forward. She didn't dare turn around, but heard the rug swish back and forth, and Dury trip up the stairs in a frantic escape. Ilse thought that she would cry, but there wasn't a tear left in her eyes. There was just sighs escaping her mouth into the freezing air. Since Ilse was thought to be extremely dangerous, she wasn't touched or closely approached by any of the Yildirims. They feared her no matter what Reuben said. Twelve or so soldiers formed a circle around her and held up magic reflective shields, all with their insignia in the middle. Ilse looked towards the front where Rubens led his band of soldiers towards a large black castle. At his side was Wren, who appeared unshaken and unharmed. Ilse's expression hardened. Walking or not, he was dead, and Ilse felt totally ashamed that she believed it was the true Wren for a second. She looked up towards the looming castle and blinked away the snow falling in her eyes. A cold, half-frozen moat defended the castle. The frozen entrance cranked to the ground and the troops walked across the moat. Once they entered, she shook her shoulders to get rid of the snow on her clothes, and her guards flinched, holding their shields at the ready. Ilse produced a sly grin and rolled her shoulders back and clenched her fists, just to keep the soldiers in the circle even more nervous. Thunder rolled in the skies, laughing at her from the gray heavens. Ilse looked at her bound wrists in a bit of nervous energy. She gasped when Rubens threw open the large doors in front of them. My liege, Rubens called with a grin, I have returned. His proud gait was apparent through his large stride. His boots clicked rhythmically across the stone floor, creating the only sound. He produced a small, triumphant grin as he bowed deeply before his leader. Can't you see I'm having a conversation with an invited guest? A raspy voice returned. A slightly built man was standing with his back towards Rubens and his band of soldiers. His hands were clasped behind his back. His hair was red and short, combed back. His attire was all black, a cape with a large lightning bolt displayed on its folds. He seemed unaware of the large gathering. His attention was drawn towards something far more interesting. He was staring at the king's throne. He stood on a navy blue rug that ran up a few steps and under the king and queen's thrones. A girl was chained tightly to the queen's chair, her hair poorly trimmed. Reshma! Ilse stammered under her breath, recognizing her instantly. What have you done to her? She looked much different than the last time Ilse saw her. She couldn't even remember how long ago that was. Her hair was knotted and wild. It was cut in jagged angles, as though she cut it with her dagger. She was darker. She had seen more sun. Her long sleeves were torn off and her attire was discolored, dirty. She was staring in mixed surprise and anger. My lord, this is urgent, Rubens began. I have brought the girl as requested. The man turned and Ilse stared into the face of the one who ruined her life. The right side of his face was ugly, red, blotchy. It looked burned and scarred. His right eye shone brighter than the left, a yellow glass eye. The other half was slightly wrinkled. He looked at her and scowled at Rubens. "'You're just wasting my time yet again,' he muttered darkly. 
One of my other generals has already brought me the woman I require. You may stay to watch, but you waste my time doing so. My liege, I beg your pardon, Rubens countered, slightly nervous. I've got her, the one you actually need. Sir, if you just examine my report, I have solid evidence. Get out of my sight before I dismiss you, the man barked then turned towards Rashma. Pay no mind to this fool, my dear. You have to excuse his utter uselessness. Please, just give me this last chance, Rubens cried, too desperate. Ilse couldn't help but smirk. <sighs> Fine, then, Althod sighed. Bring over your prisoner and we'll compare and contrast. If she isn't who you say she is... I will take more than just your position, even though I see you're armed with just one hand. Y yes, my lord, Reuben said, and impatiently motioned towards his men, and they pushed Ilse towards the throne. Reshma looked darkly at Ilse. Ilse stared back, wondering how Reshma got there and how she could get them both out alive. Nothing seemed possible. Guards and soldiers were everywhere. She grunted as she was shoved by Yildirim's shield to ascend the steps and stand by Reshma. Ah, there we are, Althod sighed, bored. He stared at the two, uncomfortable to be standing next to each other. Reshma scowled and frowned deeply and returned Althod's yellow-eyed stare. Rubens, bring me your evidence immediately, Althod called. Rubens quickly handed a large roll of parchment. The man clenched the parchment tightly as though he really wanted to crumple it up like garbage. She should have one of Ladala's rings on her person, sir, Rubens responded. You mean these? Althod said, holding a tiny ring between his thumb and middle finger. My prisoner has two. Ilse's eyes widened. He held them without them burning him, just as if it were made of common metal. Yes, I know, sir, Rubens said. But I have seen this girl use her powers with my own two eyes. I am an eyewitness, my liege. There was a pause in the dry air. Althod closed his eyes and his eyelids fluttered. He let out a long sigh, and Ilse crinkled her nose a bit. She wondered if by gross irony she would be released. She erred on the side of caution. Althod raised an eyebrow and gestured to Rubens. During our raid in Dove, I saw her pass through the wall, my lord. You only gave us the ability with all your Ilderum armor, but she did it all on her own. Reuben said, urgency lining his voice. I have witnesses as well. That girl you're questioning is an imposter, sir. I've never been so sure about anything in my life, sir. Althod looked darkly at Reshma. He stepped towards her and clenched her chin and cheeks in his hand. You told me you had a companion as you were escaping the island? he asked, ripping his hand away from her face, leaving red imprints on her skin. Of course, I couldn't do it alone, Reshma mumbled. But I'd never seen this girl before. It disgusts me that this man has brought her here. We would have a private conversation, if I remember correctly. Are you referring to our deal? I promised to help you once you removed all your soldiers, Althod, Reshma answered curtly. She addresses you by name, sir? Rubens practically squeaked. Yes, we were having a private chat long before you paraded in. Althod returned. 
I know the perfect solution to our little mystery. Alpha merely flicked his pointer finger, and everyone could hear the shuffling of feet and shouts and grunts from the corridor. Five Ildurums dragged in a very angry, shouting figure. Ilse felt her lungs squeeze in her chest. Her eyes opened wide and couldn't look away. Tyke stood, breathing heavily, trying to yank himself free. His clothes hung loosely around his figure, and his hair was just as wild as Reshma's, only he sported dark scruff on his chin. He looked exhausted, drenched with sweat. Crisscrossed red welts lined his shoulders and back. The men chained him to a far-off wall, with his hands being raised above his head, and his neck chained in place. He shook miserably, avoiding Ilse's eyes. Ilse suppressed the urge to vomit. The experiment is simple, Althot explained. Whoever knows this man is obviously the one I'm looking for. No questions. For a few minutes, not a muscle moved. Ilse breathed heavily. No apparent plan was coming to. Reshma looked to Tyke, her eyes bright, and Tyke looked back, grunting under the strain in his arms. Ilse saw this exchange and her tough, violent shell crumbled. She couldn't see Reshma's life replace her own. If fighting her friend would set things right, she had no choice. Everyone but her deserved a chance to live. Suddenly, Ilse and Reshma began humming and singing a few non-magical scales to warm up. Reshma was shaking, setting her chains aflame. Reuben stood back, frightened. When the chains burned and disintegrated, Ilse froze Reshma's feet to the floor, and Reshma waved her arms wildly to keep her balance. Ilse made a run for it, making sure to freeze other soldiers to the ground, too. Suddenly, Reshma sang out a spell and created a circular wall of fire around Ilse. The crackling, roaring fire around her deafened all other noises. Ilse stopped in her tracks and wondered how she could get through. Her ice would melt pathetically under Reshma's angry conflagration. Why is she doing this? Ilse thought wildly. Why is she preventing me from helping Tyke? Ilse thought back to Althod's challenge. Why are we fighting? This doesn't solve the little riddle. How does that narrow down who is the one with Swift? In a split second, she heard the horrific roar above the crackling sound of flames. Ilse, sweating under the smoke, followed by coughing and sputtering, realized what was really going on. Swift! Swift!